Episode 1098, Bad Sci-Fi Geniuses, The Next Generation. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Christian, bringing you theology at warp speed. I'm Matt Anderson. I'm Ben DiBono. We're, we're back. And Ben, you had brought up to me, do you remember, this is what you said to me, do you remember when we did Top 5 Sci-Fi Geniuses Gone Bad in yeah. Season 1? And I said, actually, it was Season 2, I just looked up the episode, sorry, it was Season 3, I just looked up the episode, Is 10 years ago. Wow. Episode 108, Top 5 Sci-Fi Geniuses Gone Bad, released on January 20th, 2013. Yeah, so... So, so you were thinking about this episode I, that I we was. did during Season 3. I was. And so this is going to this episode's going to be a little bit messy all over the map because uh after we finish the first part I want to talk a little bit about Mission Impossible and you'll understand why they're they're related in a minute. Uh but I'm just going to give you like my brain dump here for for what this is. Thanks. So it's a follow-up to an episode we did 10 years it, ago. It kind of is. So in that episode, I know we talked about George Lucas would be the classic example, right, of sci-fi quote-unquote geniuses uh, who were once beloved, they can do no wrong, and then they went sour at some point. So George Lucas, of course, with the prequel trilogy. I don't recall. I'm sure it's on sfc.blue somewhere what our actual lists were. We probably did because you said it was a top five episode, it right? Was. I'll find it so right we, now. So we probably each came up with our own top five list, but I can imagine – you know, you would have had uh, people like M. Night Shyamalan on there. I think he was starting to go sour by that point. Um, so I, this episode came to mind, uh, and the reason it came to mind is in preparation for Mission Impossible 7, Dead Reckoning Part 1, which is quite the mouthful of a title, and I'm very excited about, uh, been rewatching the Mission Impossible series and showing them to my kids for the first time. We skipped over the second one. Good move. Uh, <laughs> because it's awful. But, you know, I was watching the third one and it, it was so, like, as I was sitting there watching it, because it's directed by J.J. Abrams, it struck me as so bizarre that you have this franchise that's kind of on life support and you call in J.J. Abrams to fix it and to the extent that he did. And I don't think three is the best movie by a long shot, uh, but he at least got it back on its feet. And it's like, that's who J.J. Abrams was back in circa 2006 when that movie came out. He was the guy who you would call to, to rescue this franchise. And what was bizarre about it is it felt like such a time capsule because never in a million years would that happen today? But back then, like, you know, Lost was on the air, you know, and he was coming off of Alias, which I think is how he got the gig. Mm -hmm. And he was doing all this stuff. And like J.J. Abrams was, you know, top guy to mm -hmm. call when you need somebody to just really knock your franchise out of the park. Never in a million years would that happen today. Wait, what? You're saying J.J. wouldn't be the person you call? Yeah. Him. Okay. And, it, and that's where I started to think about this episode from 10 years ago. It's like, Oh, J.J. Abrams is exactly who we were talking about back in that original episode, but we wouldn't have listed him back then. Mm -hmm. So there's a, and that's what it occurred to me. There's a whole next generation oh, wow. of sci-fi geniuses, debatable whether or not J.J. was ever a genius, but who have, were, were just beloved by fans all over the place and have since gone sour. So I, I have some other names, but I want to, I'm curious if you have it up on SFC.blue. I've got it. And I'm Who not, did we list? I don't know this for a fact, 
But Brian, this might be the first time that I, in a hurry, had to get information. And instead of going to my own website, I went to sfc.blue. It's a great reference. Yes, where Brian has outlined, I mean, many of years of our episodes, not all, but years of them. Uh, So yes, I've got right here, top five sci-fi geniuses gone bad. You know, in the old days, Ben. This was, just you referencing an old episode would have called right. for me to time loop it. Right, are you, right. Are you willing to risk that? I mean, I, I'm willing to risk it, but I'm, I'm curious, who did we... Because right. I'm sure he has both of we, our we top do five. Me, give me a countdown, like number uh, five. Number five. Number five for you, Terry Brooks. And okay. The, and number five for me, James Cameron. And so that's interesting, because James Cameron might have bounced back a little bit. Who knows, yeah. All you right. Know, especially with all the Titanic drama this last week. Yeah. <laughs> He's been in the news, probably ramping up for that sequel. <laughs> too soon (laughs) isn't it funny how it really wasn't like the internet just collectively agreed it was okay to make fun of these people with like their memes too fast yeah Yeah. i I have a really good meme to show you later on it number four terry good kind was your person i don't even know who that is both of mine are are fantasy authors all right and mine was steven spielberg wow Uh, you know i'm not (laughs) i mean i guess he did go on to make ready player one so i call it yeah, right. Steven Spielberg, he was nominated for Best Picture. I it, So his movie that just came out, The Fablemans, I kind of want to see it for one reason only. Hey, it's got acclaim, but the reason I really want to see it is, you know, uh, John Ford, who directed The Searchers yeah. and Stagecoach, great Western director. He's a character briefly in the movie. You know who plays him? No. David Lynch. Wow. So that All alone right. makes me want to see The Fablemans. Okay. Anyway, I, so I don't, I don't think I agree with you about Steven Spielberg, but go on. I mean, this is ten years ago. N- number three, you put Orson Scott Card. Yeah, so I, I was very author heavy, and I put the Wachowskis. Yeah, I think I called that one correctly. But you know, I guess they did have a little bit of a revival. We both kind of like Matrix Four. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I take it back. I did like Matrix. Or at least one of the Wachowskis. Wait, was it only one that did that? Yeah. One? Okay. I but uh, Jupiter Ascending's in the middle there. Yeah, I haven't rewatched. That fourth Matrix, but I think I'm interested in rewatching that one. I, I don't know if I need to rewatch it, but I enjoyed what they were doing. All right. Number two, you put Frank Miller, comic book author. Yeah. And I think sometimes film director. Yeah. And I put George Lucas, which, which is, is the, obvi- the obvious the one. Obvious answer. All right. And number one for you, M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Now let's think about that. Since since that happened, he's had a few hits, but it's never been as great as he was. Yeah, he almost had a comeback with Split, and then I think Glass was... Very disappointing. Yeah. And then by coincidence, my number one was also M. Night Shyamalan. So, yeah, that's, that's the type of names that would have come to mind. Do you want to hear our, our, our runners-ups just for yeah, fun? Yeah, runners-up. I put Chris Carter for X-Files because yeah, it had been going that's badly. That's a good one. Now you name some people I don't actually know. Patrick Rothfuss? Yeah, so that's funny because he's he's a... Uh, he wrote a, a fantasy novel called Name of the Wind, which was good, and then he published a sequel called Wise Man's Fear, and then he's never published the third book. Okay. And he's just like disappeared from the internet. So he's he's like George R. R. Martin, but even worse. All right. David Goyer. Oh, yeah. He directed Dark City, and uh, which was a great movie. And he kind of had a renaissance, though, because he went on to, he wrote uh, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. All right. Uh, Frank Darabont. Do you still agree with that selection you made? I'm trying to think of what he's done. He did. Last thing he did was Walking Dead. Yeah, That's probably what that you're was, mad about. That was pretty rough. All right. Ursula K. Le Guin. I'm surprised to see you put her down here. Yeah, that I can't hold with that opinion. All right, that, put, that was a that was a bad hot take. You put James Cameron, and then you put Tim Burton. What do you think about Tim Burton these days? Oh yeah, I think <laughs> that one's kind of obvious. The last one I've I've saved this one special. It wasn't listed last, but 
You're going to be shocked by the name I'm about to say. Do you All have right. any idea who it is? Peter Jackson. You put Frank Herbert. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my we goodness. just completed. What? Uh, over on the extra feed, we just finished our journey through the entire Dune series as written by Frank Herbert. We oh. loved it. Why do you think he went bad? I, I wonder what those thoughts were. I mean, you must have I, defended it. I don't know. I think we almost have to tie a loop with this at this point. Let me just say, uh, I have, over the years, been quite harsh to you about some of the, the bad opinions you have had. Uh, and let me just say that I, I I will direct that same rage inward. Wow. There's no defense for that. Okay. Uh, what, a, what a horrible opinion. What an awful take. Well, listeners, tune into the next episode, which will be a time loop to find out why did Ben feel that way. Awful, horrible wow. take. The first time loop in two years, I think. Uh, what What are your runners up? I only had Chris Carter as oh, my okay. runner up. Yep. Okay. All so, right. So, anybody there that you want to talk about today? No, okay. because that was the old generation. Yeah. So, so, the question, is thought experiment. I don't have a top five list, and I guess we could do one, but we don't have to. We can just hash it out here. Is who would go on our list today? So. And and the rules I would put is nobody from the old list, so they have to have gone bad here in the last 10 years. And then maybe a second part B thought experiment, who's beloved today that's going to go sour in the next 10 years? Do you want to – are we supposed to be doing this off the cuff or should we no, come just, back and do an episode? We can do either. I have a few off the cuff. Yeah, just go ahead and do some of yours. So well, off you, the cuff, well, I mentioned – aren't off the cuff. You planned this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned J.J. Abrams. Right. Uh, I guessed Peter Jackson as my last answer. I think he. I don't know what the timing was on the Hobbit trilogy. King Kong wasn't great, but I don't think he really went off the rails until the Hobbit trilogy. So, it's given that the Hobbit trilogy came out since then, I think you have to put Peter Jackson on there. Uh, but the biggest name, the most obvious one, is Joss Whedon. Oh, like, yeah, not only fell from grace in terms of his, you know, g getting me too and canceled and all of that, but fell from grace in terms of like his, you know, shortly after that episode or around the time we did that episode, I know he, he did Avengers, which was beloved. And then he, Age of Ultron was disappointing. And then he he Justice League sucked and yeah, he did horrible. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Just like and then he he started that uh, HBO show that. He, I don't think he ever actually did anything with it. Got canceled because that was around the time he got canceled, mm -hmm. uh, and so just what a spectacular fall from grace. Um, Brian Singer, for similar reasons, I guess the Me Too era kind of puts a different spin on this, given that that happened in the middle of our decade. Brian Singer would probably be still making uh, mediocre movies in the middle there, but he, he kind of had a renaissance with the uh, Days of Future Past. Um, and then I know he, he did Apocalypse, which I never saw and nobody liked, but, um, he did that Jack and the Beanstalk movie, which I was looking at his filmography on Letterboxd last night and realized you were actually a big fan of that. Did I like it? You gave it three stars. Oh, that's not, that's not how I really liked it. That's a... But you gave it a, it was the type of Matt Anderson review of, you know, I went in with low expectations, but you know what? This was pretty good. Oh, yeah. So, not, okay. yeah. yeah. Well, Brian Singer would have to go out there. Those were the names that came to my mind. I'm scanning through my uh, list of least favorite movies from recent years just to see if anything sticks out. Nothing yet. I, I don't have anything prepared for this. Yeah, I mean, the Wachowskis are, uh, have got to be in there. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe if we come back with, uh, if we think about it, we come back with interesting names, um, you can, you, we, we can do an episode. Or yeah, I like the not. idea. So I think I hear you saying 
your top one is probably J.J. Abrams, but there would be other ones. Would no, I think Joss Whedon's the top okay. one. But J.J. Abrams was the inspiration for it. Because it, isn't it, like, it's so weird with J.J. Abrams, the the way he was on top of the world, you know, Mission Impossible was kind of the beginning of his ascendancy because that was right in the middle mid-aughts. It was like 2005, 2006. Yeah, so Lost launches in 2004. Mm-hmm, 2004. So he's got Alias Lost, uh, you know, Mission Impossible, all this great stuff. And then, you know, it's just the subsequent years is one J.J. Abrams hit after another. He does Star Trek, you know, and then Wrath of Khan thing is, uh, whatever it is, Into Darkness isn't well received, but he's got, you know, Fringe. He's got all of these things that are out there. J.J. Abrams is on the top of the world, and then he does Star Wars. And by this point, I'm sour on him because I didn't like Force Awakens. But think of how hard he's crashed in the wake of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, was, what has he done, actually? Exactly. I'm going to look it up real he, quick. He, so he was involved with Westworld, but not very directly. Um, I, I did look this up. He has a show that he's been trying to get developed with HBO, but it hasn't gone anywhere. Okay. Uh, he All of the you know bad robot projects have really evaporated. The Cloverfield movies have kind of dried up. And even more than that, I think J.J. Abrams' big stamp on the industry in the mid-aughts was the introduction of all this mystery box nonsense, which is interesting with Mission Impossible because he does that in there, and it's eye-rollingly bad when he does it. Like, if you remember in Mission Impossible 3... Let's just just spoil it. Uh, so, listeners, this will be a, a spoiler. It's a 15-year-old movie, almost 20-year-old movie. I know. That's what I'm saying. Just go ahead, because yeah. I, don't, I don't remember what you're talking so, about. So... Philip Seymour Hoffman's arms dealer is after some type of weapon called the rabbit's foot. Okay. We never know what the rabbit's foot is. So it's the mystery box. And it's actually used relatively effectively because in Ghost Protocol, which is a little better than Mission Impossible 3, but it's just nuclear weapons and it's all very boring what they're running after. And so, you know, I'd say for the most part, the rabbit's foot is the mystery box used effectively. But there's a really obnoxious scene at the end of Mission Impossible 3 where Lawrence Fishburne, did you remember he's in that movie? No. I, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne is this, the head of the IMF oh. in Mission Impossible 3. All right. And he's at the end of the movie trying to convince Ethan Hunt to stay. Because at that point, Ethan Hunt's about to go get married uh, to Michelle Moynihan. This is again Mission of maybe Mission Impossible should be another thing because it's another episode because it's it's a weird thing oh. to rewatch the series. Maybe we should do a like primer for the new movie. Yeah, yeah. Maybe because we I'm, I'm going to rewatch one and then what number are that? This is eight that's coming out, right? No, this is seven. seven so I'm going to watch out. five and six. I think I'm going to watch one, five, six. Okay. Well, we can do a little primer yeah. after this. Um, but at the end, in one of the last scenes of the movie. Uh, Ethan Hunt says to Lawrence Fishburne, what was the rabbit's foot anyway? And Lawrence Fishburne's character goes, if you promise to stay, I'll tell you. And then Ethan kind of gives him a sly nod and walks away and what? we never find out what the rabbit's really? foot is. I didn't remember yeah, that. Yeah, because this is, and it it's so eye-rollingly bad because you can just, it, I'm not going to say what I wanted to say because we're not in the uncensored people. but you could just hear J.J. Abrams getting all sorts of excited about, oh, it's a mystery box. I got him again. It's like, shut up. You know, and of course, Lost was mystery boxes gone wild. And this became, you know, he gave that TED talk where he talks about the whole mystery box concept. And then that became the thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it was just awful. Like, 
at its best, yeah. the mystery box is a clever way of doing a MacGuffin. At its worst, it's an obnoxious thing to dangle in front of audiences as something that you're promising to pay off that you have no intention of ever doing so. What you're saying about J.J. Abrams is kind of interesting. I hadn't really thought about it, but he's not... I'm looking at what you're, I'm looking at these uh, different projects. He's not been involved with anything. Any, but yeah. he didn't have a fall from grace, right? Yes, he did. And uh, I'd, what, it's what, twofold. It's, what was it? Just Star Wars? In, indirect and direct. So the direct one was Rise of Skywalker. Okay, that was a bad fall. Yeah, it went it went poorly, obviously. But I think it was all like but not what, just went poorly, but was a joke. But was that his fault? He got brought in in the middle of a mess. His name's on it. Okay, so what? So that's you said. There's twofold. What's the other? The part? indirect one is everything I was just talking about with the mystery box. Okay. How that became uh, like the big thing. Okay, the public has turned against mystery boxes wildly it's weird though he didn't like maybe you don't like his work but as a person it doesn't sound like he did anything wrong so some of the other people no no no, no, no. I, I guess yeah. I, what i'm trying to say is it's it's an interesting case study because most of the people you named had some reason outside of their their art that yeah that made you like them less this guy but just, not, not really i mean i think joss whedon and brian singer both got me too'd um, but Joss Whedon was going south regardless. Hmm. And if you recall, if you recall, in one of my more prophetic moments, I nailed Joss Whedon as a creep long before he was outed. But Joss Whedon had gone south. And I think in our original episode from 10 years ago, none of our people were, you know, outed as perverts. Um, and I think the intention of the the sci-fi genius has gone bad isn't to be like well harvey weinstein right. or bill cosby it's more focused on so i guess i'd maybe invalidate brian singer from this perspective um but it's more they were they can do no wrong they're they're the top of the world and then their art just goes in the toilet so even mission impossible you mentioned how he like revived that franchise he's been a producer in past movies he is not a producer on the one that's coming out here yeah in a this few is days. the first one that bad robot won't be attached to since mi3 man that's noteworthy all right so let's let's end this episode and then next week let's just do uh i don't know what we'll call it but kind of a mission impossible catch-up we, we did do a series on mission impossible so but... we can even do it tonight if you want to i know you're gonna rewatch. Well, i want to rewatch them but what's I'll, I'll just tease it for you all right each of the six movies you can pair together. One and two are paired together. Three and four are paired together. Five and six are paired together. Oh, it's interesting to think that because I, I kind of, you're right in some ways about like one and two are their own thing. It's almost like the prequels to the real series starting yes. at three. Three is in like the pilot episode that they're kind of finding yes. their, their feet with. And then four is where I feel like the story really takes off. It's closer, but it still feels like the J.J. The Abrams era. Brad Bird is J.J. Abrams stand-in. All right, we'll come back to that next time. But for now, that's all from here. I'm Matt Anderson. I'm Ben DeBono. And we're the South Africa Christian signing off. Yeah, goodbye.